Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, comrades, compañeros, welcome to another edition of the Fifth Column Podcast. You are obviously hearing a different intro, as you did at some point last week, if you are a dedicated listener. If you are not, you are a filthy communist, and you should rethink your life. But uh, for those of you that are, you know that we did a preview last week of our subscriber-only content on Substack where we do an extra episode every week that's like this one that we recorded last night runs in the Ingmar Bergman length, uh, Fanny and Alexander two plus hours, which I apologize for. Camille had to leave because he was just too exhausted. But uh, but we're just going to do this maybe one or two more times. And I want to do it this week and give a preview because a lot of our listeners have been emailing us uh, and asking us to talk about what's happening in Memphis, which we did last night. And I didn't want to keep that completely gated from everybody because a lot of people asking, I presume, are not subscribers. Shame on them. Um, and they should be. So we cut out about, you know, 30, 40 minutes of this. Uh, there's more. Um, and there's a lot more conversation that goes all over the place, including, you know, Matt and I talking about Tom Verlaine and television, the usual kind of nerding out on certain things. It's not too much. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the music stuff. And you get upset about that. Just relax. So here's a sample from, it's, it's more than a sample. I mean, it's, it's almost half of it. It's a lot. We're being generous. But here is a long sample for this week's members only episode. Um, you get a lot of other stuff if you subscribe, but this is number 150, by the way. So if you subscribe, you have 150 episodes to listen to, all of which are tediously long and unbelievably brilliant. So here you go and uh, go over there and subscribe, especially since there are some people who decided that, you know, I don't, I don't really fit with them anymore. <laughs> good God. More on that later, which will obviously only be behind the paywall. All right. Thanks for listening. We know of new methods of attack. This comes from Josh, and it has enough uh, compliments of Camille to keep him interested. Here we go. Hey, guys. Mm. Uh, love the podcast <laughs> and have not been able to get enough of it since I discovered you about a year and a half ago. I happily became a paying subscriber when you moved to Substack. Thank you. And look forward to continue to support your alcoholism and other destructive habits. I, sorry, <laughs> our alcoholism is not destructive. It's we instructive. Still have podcast. Yeah, I barely <laughs> drink, so... Yeah. Um. Yeah. Other problems. <laughs> I have long thought that the modern ideas about things like race and blackness and whiteness, capital letters, have mm -hmm. been wrong and harmful to society as a whole. Oh, Thanks man. in part to you guys and particularly Camille. Mm. I have come to, he's, he's grunting like he means it. I've come <laughs> to the conclusion that we need to abolish our yes. current understandings about race. And learn to see every person as a unique individual who shares the same humanity that we ourselves have. Should I let on, Matt, that I try to make Camille happy every episode by writing one of these every week and you fall yeah. for it every time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Josh. Josh. That's what I got. With that preamble in mind, I'd like to hear your thoughts on some of the reaction to what happened in Memphis with the killing of Tyree Nichols, the chief of police in my home of... Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, mm, sorry, yeah. too many S's, released a, a statement condemning the death. Oh, good. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> yes. Sure, it happened in a city 
2,800 kilometers away. That's 1,740 yeah, miles to America. It's a different country, by the way, but go ahead. <laughs> and in another country. Yes, but it's But it's a big news story. And up here in Canada, we love to discuss events happening in the States and pretend that you guys actually care what we think, which we don't. But then he goes on to say this. This is a quote from the captain. Over the past few days, I should do this in a Canadian accent, but I'd mangle it. Over the past few days, as we learned of this event, I have reached out to local black community leaders to discuss the issue and offer support. Although this in Saskatchewan's name, Uh, Rick, (laughs) did you reach out to him? (laughs) John, although this tragedy occurred in another country, (laughs) it will impact trust and confidence in policing by black, of course, very capitalized, and all equity deserving communities in Canada. This is like as well. Soviet and quote, uh, we, John continues. I have a few questions. What the fuck does this even mean? Black yes. all equity deserving communities. Very good equity question. Equity undeserving communities. <laughs> well, that, that'd be white people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In particular, poor white people. You deserve nothing. <laughs> yeah. you, to, you obviously haven't worked hard enough. Exactly. <laughs> you had white supremacy at that that your back and you did nothing with exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Screw you. No Medicare for you. No social security. No nothing. It's inequity deserving. That's what this, uh, uh, John continues. I mean, I understand the sort of progressive ideology he's trying to invoke here, but if you think about this statement for more than two seconds, you'll see that it makes zero sense. How on earth does any event happening in Memphis, Tennessee have any effect whatsoever on a person black or otherwise in Saskatoon? Mm -hmm. Full disclosure, I'm not black, as you might have guessed by the fact that I live in Saskatoon. Incredibly infantilizing. I cannot comprehend how simply sharing the skin color of another person in another country means that any harm done to them must be felt by me thousands of miles away. In a unique and finally, and particular am I, way. Yes. Yeah. Am I overreacting here? Is this stuff really not a big deal? And should I not care or be concerned about the need to view any story about bad policing through a racial lens, Camille? You should totally care. Like, you should care. One, I I think it is entirely possible for one to be sympathetic, compassionate, empathetic with respect to some tragedy happening half a world away to someone you've never met before because it happened to a fellow human and that, that fucking sucks, right? That's possible. Um, but the overwrought, particularized concern for your fellow citizen who happens to maybe kind of sort of look something like a person who something bad happened to, um, especially in a context where we don't actually know exactly what happened, because a lot of this was happening before the video was available, before there was much in the way of clear reporting on what happened, um, is is gross. And I I am grateful for this this email and and every note like it that we receive uh, because um, it is it's wonderful to think that more people are embracing the basic idea of like human dignity being something that is fundamentally deserved and is attributable to people on the on the basis of their being a human being and not with respect to their race or anything else. Um, and, and I do think there's something very degrading. Uh, about generally regarding people in this way and about this kind of uh, this practiced, rehearsed, learned uh, helplessness that is inherent in this preposterous notion of, kind of 
a, a, a racial community who is hurt or victimized by something happening half a world away to someone who doesn't look, who kind of sort of looks like them. Um, so that in and of itself, I think is one reason to be concerned, but certainly with respect to like policing, I mean, it was just today that Whoopi Goldberg was on the view, um, offering her often penetrating and well-informed perspective, a little sarcasm there. Um, and she asks, um, the, the group of women who were arrayed around the table with her, do we need to see white people also get beaten before anybody is willing to do something about this? What? Um, specifically, that was, today? that was today. Yeah. Do we need to see some um, other people, white what? people get beaten by police before we're willing to do something about this? And then she goes on to say, look, I'm not saying that I want this to happen. I'm saying that, you know, we're, we're not taking this seriously. And it's, of, of course, the premise is wrong. The premise is wrong because we have seen this happen before. <laughs> and we've seen before and when the we see, video came out, the guys uh -huh. were in jail and they'd been fired uh -huh. and prosecutions were starting up. And they were not only being very upfront about what happened, okay, they were actually, I, mean, I think, over, over, I think they were doing a bad <clears> thing, and <throat> which was saying it, the woman who was on, who's the black female uh, chief of police in uh, uh, Memphis was on Don Lemon saying it was worse than Rodney King, mm -hmm. worse than Rodney King. And we know what happened after Rodney King. I mean, you're basically priming the pump for riots, but that's a, I mean, be careful about this. Absolutely. Stuff. This is not something that has been ignored. I mean, good Lord. Not, not by any stretch. I think the, the premise here being that we've seen this far too often. We see things like this far too often. And, and I just, I think even we that, don't. even that is a That's stretch. Not true. The, the number of police involved, true. the number of police involved deaths has been pretty firm at somewhere around a thousand per year. Um, I believe that the number of unarmed deaths are probably around the same. We don't typically see five law enforcement officers run down a civilian after a no. traffic stop and murder them, like stomp them to death in the street. We do not see that on a regular basis. And if we yeah. did, I think people would be kind of appropriately alarmed um, and animated by fear. But we do see like questionable conduct by law enforcement officers, questionable conduct in particular by these special um, enforcement groups um, and we'll have to see precisely what happened here with respect to why they were harassing this particular gentleman in this particular case. Doesn't make case. a ton of sense right now. Um, yeah. it, it's a very, very odd situation. Um, but the kind of preposterous notion that I think is kind of circulating through the the kind of conventional elite media ecosystem that, well, this is obviously racism. <laughs> like, and not, it's not preposterous simply because the five men here happened to look something like the the person who the victim who was killed um it, it's preposterous well, that also because makes it preposterous it, by the but way. it's but it's preposterous fundamentally because there is no actual evidence of racism being a motivating factor here and and there's not even an attempt to offer any evidence but look at what you're you're you're, you're underlining here camille is that is that it's not only that there's no available evidence that any of these people have said anything or done anything or tweeted something or, you know, been, you know, fined or kicked off a previous police force for, although one of them I think was a, was a prison guard and he had been accused of beating up a prisoner in his charge in the past. So mm -hmm. that, that's, but that has nothing to do with race. No, make uh, you a bad police officer. Of. Yeah. Bad police officer. But what, so basically what, what it's narrowed down to, and it used to be, you know, like, oh, I really hope 
that the police officer is or is not white, depending on how idiotic you are and how much you want to make a culture war issue out of every tragedy in America. That's what people would say. But now we're actually at the point that the only thing that matters is the victim's race. That's it. Mm-hmm. Because we have no evidence of it, that, that, that these people were suffused or even sort of subtly infected with. Because if you say that there's a subtle infection, this is, this is a very totalitarian idea, by the way, that because there is an idea that we can't identify, mm-hmm. it's in the ether, it's in the air, we breathe it in, it is part of who we are. And so everything we do, uh, whether we know it or not, is corrupted by this. And that is a classic kind of totalitarian idea that, you know, everywhere you go, you're suffering from false consciousness, capitalism. And, you know, these are the things that are animating history and animating our decisions. And, you know, the, the, the chess pieces on the world stage are, are just because of, you know, an imperialist kind of, you don't even have to do very much, but it just exists. When that is what we're saying now, and it is what we're saying now, and I don't think anyone's pointing this out, that when we only go the, the race of the victim, then we are establishing something now that anything that happens to a person that is as horrifying as this was, and it was horrifying. If you haven't watched the video, I would actually say don't because it's not, yeah. a, it's not a nice thing to watch. It's, yeah, it's I have horrifying. not, I have not watched it uh, it's, yet at some point. You can even, like even I'm listening to the audio. Obliged to, um, yeah, you will. I'm, not, the I'm not eager yeah. to do it at all. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's part of the the severe frustration here. Like there's this this real sense, especially when you see just the 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 kind of fervor with which this is being discussed in the public, the kind of thoughtless fervor, honestly, um with the condemnation of people and the specific uh, kind of championing of the idea that this must be interpreted as something having to do with race. Um, and, and relatedly, in some instances, that anyone suggesting that this seems odd to declare as racist because of the race of the people involved. It, it's very funny how quickly the narrative transitioned from the New York Times acknowledging in print, like, that this is, this is odd. Like, the situation is more complicated relative mm-hmm. to their standard narrative. This is their, this is their words, that it's more complicated because of the race of the officers involved. Well, Mm -hmm. if this isn't complicated because there's nothing to see here, because every thoughtful person knows, as I'm told often by leading lights um, of the kind of progressive uh, intelligentsia, that everybody knows that black people can be white supremacists, too. And that's why black cops working for the racist criminal justice system are killing black people like you should just know. Which one of these things am I supposed to know? Yeah. It's an anti-intellectual position masquerading as an intellectual position. So what happens is, is you say the absurdity of this should be obvious to anyone. And they say, oh, my God, it is so cute that you don't believe that black cops can be uh, like white supremacists because you don't understand systemic race. And it's actually really deep. It's like a really deep issue. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> it's gonna, the opposite I'm going to enlighten you now. Which yeah, they never, I'm going to enlighten you. to explain. No, they don't. <laughs> but but. But it's an amazing thing. It's a little trick that is played. Like, this is actually beyond your pay grade. This is very complicated <laughs> stuff. For people who actually study this, like, we understand that systemic racism is yes. everything, blah, 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 yeah. blah. But what you're saying at the same time, this is why it's anti-intellectual and why it's unbelievably stupid. What are the criteria that you're using to bring up race in this instance? Because it's a big story and because it was especially tragic. I mean, really, really terrible because it was a beating. It wasn't like somebody's like in a chokehold, Eric Garner style. Like 
the let's ban this move. We shouldn't be doing this. The guy's selling Lucy's, all this stuff. This is just a fucking beatdown until the guy dies. And the thing that makes, I think, this so powerful is that he's about 200 yards from his parents' house and he's yelling it for his mom. And hearing it makes you want to cry. It's really horrible to listen to. And you just want, you want to like intervene and say like, could, why are you not stopping this? And that is, but, but to say that this, well, we know this is part of the white supremacist narrative, et cetera. This is why it happened. You're saying that everything that a black cop does that is, against the rules that is bending the rules that is overly aggressive is therefore it just has to be so no evidence is necessary it's in the ether that's what i was saying it's out there so when it's out there you never have to make an argument so therefore it's anti-intellectual mm-hmm. you don't have to get, to get to the root of anything you don't have to do any sherlock holmes detective work you just say if it fits if it's getting a lot of coverage mm-hmm. you know and by the way this is the, the thing it was on the cover of the bbc Web, website for like three days and i did the one and i think the only you know uh solo thing that i'd done on the show about about ukraine right after the war started and everyone's saying like oh you don't care about congo you don't care about what happens in syria and i explained why i thought that was wrong and this is actually one of those stories of like why is this of interest in saskatoon mm-hmm. why is this of interest in covering like state funded media in england yeah constantly why is america number one why are these stories more important than the 50 people that died yesterday you know by the by, at the hands of the police in argentina or venezuela venezuelan cops kill a lot of people right why is that not a bigger story so why don't you apply the same standard that you use to like why don't you care about what's happening in in congo why don't you care as opposed to why you and that the answer to that by the way was white supremacy that's was the, the argument it's white supremacy that you care about this, but you don't care about when Palestinians get killed or something like this. And we could make the very similar argument here that we want to figure out why this is more important than what is going on in other places in the world, particularly when you're not American. I mean, what an odd sight it was when I saw Swedish soccer players taking the knee. They're like, mm-hmm. please let me get involved in this, this grandstanding. The word systemic is funny. Um, uh, because it is be what, what they actually mean for the most part usually is is like pervasive or as you were saying, Michael, kind of ethereal or just like everywhere. It's 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 there. It's 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 all encompassing. It's surrounding all they're talking about <clears throat> disparities, but it's not actually usually a discussion about systems. And I'm gonna re- keep that in mind as I trace just a little bit of what Camille was beefing with Radley about, um, which is just that it's it was a thing that started off. Um, the internet decided that it was all Thomas Chatterton Williams' fault, <laughs> as it does every what every, three every, weeks? Every is that is that the rule? Months. It may be a little less frequently. I mean, it's now. classic bullying where everybody gets involved in beating yeah. up the guy. In People school. love. Like, I've got, to hate uh, Thomas. Like yeah, I've, I've got. Really I've got new. Him. I've got a brand new theory about that. By the way, uh, yeah. uh, that's related to a thing that I sent uh, you, uh, Moynihan, uh, and is also it systemic uh, racism. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's I was going to say, it's, uh, it's not new. It's luxury <laughs> beliefs, luxury, luxury beliefs. Anyways. Okay. So, um, what begins it is Van Jones, who's an interesting and sometimes wrong and sometimes right commentator, a rights piece at CNN opinion. The, pol- the police, a very good dresser always wears purple because of Prince. And I, I can only appreciate that opinion. The police who killed Tyree Nichols were black. 
but they might still have been driven by racism. That's the headline there. <laughs> so that, that, by the way, that might is doing a lot of work in that headline. At least, at least he's got the might. No, it's I a actually might. kind of, a, it's I opinion, kind of appreciate the might. Piece. You know, you could write it's an opinion piece. piece about anything. They, they might also uh, be. They, they are motivated, but he yeah. said might. So that's, yeah. that's better. TCW, Thomas Chatterton Williams, or as a friend of mine who I remain nameless, always calls him Thomas Chatterley, which makes me really laugh because it's mean, <laughs> but it's funny. Uh, it says, what if stay with me? This is on Twitter. These five men were actually agents responsible for their own reprehensible actions mm-hmm. and not merely hapless puppets being manipulated by the invisible hand of inescapable and omnipotent white supremacy. Yeah. Bit of a bit some elbows in there, but like a super normie I mean, yeah. comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like eighty percent of people in America would agree with that. Too. Absolutely. Well, they, they so, should. <laughs> they should agree yeah, with that. Yeah. Well, I think most do actually. But yeah. Radley Balco, a yeah, previous yeah. guest and uh, and a Twitter sparring partner with Camille, um, uh, is one of many here uh, who jump on to say, and but like with radley's sh- sh- very sharp elbows uh just an utter absence of intellectual curiosity here and then he changes the subject to the scorpion teams which is a very interesting and important subject that radley wrote a good op-ed about in new york times and we could talk about that as a separate thing and i'm but- sure literally all three of us would agree with it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's it's, not, actually, that's it's actually worth it's actually worth reading his reply because that part of the reply is smart it's just that thomas right. doesn't uh, disagree with it because it's yeah. not ten, it's so tangential what, to the point what he that says Thomas is making. And this but everybody's will sum- piling on Thomas, so why not get yeah. involved? It's, it's beating and up a kid in the schoolyard, you know? This will summarize Radley's op-ed, but it's correct, as far as I'm concerned. There's a long history of elite, and in scare quotes, unaccountable police units like Scorpion incentivizing the wrong behavior, attracting the wrong sort of officer, becoming captured by that sort of officer, and doing irreparable damage, says Radley. That's 100% right. Yeah, and, yes, and yes, by the way, one of our of listeners who's a like a pretty good NYPD guy totally agrees with all that too sure. as do tons of good cops mm-hmm. i mean i saw in the rampart scandal that's what absolutely the fucking rampart fucking squad was it was baltimore, like this special over and in over baltimore again. over and over and over again it's the gun like, trace task force in baltimore right the mm. stupid ass uh, uh uh memphis police department uh and this is not gonna it's not over i mean they've, they've i think indicted a couple more people now including people in the fire department um but like the uh yeah. this is you don't there's there's no way that that culture is limited to five bad people. Um, and you could tell even by their stupid uh, uh, PR department's tweet, just like, we're not going to let the actions of a few bad apples uh, uh, like a, a, a put disrepute on the name Scorpion. Because Scorpion's really an important cut. It's like, dude, it's this is before they dismantled Scorpion, which they now <laughs> since have done. But like, dude, you called it Scorpion. That's a good sign that you're fucking off over here um the other thing i would point out going back to the systemic thing and i sent this guys to you this is a uh subhead on a new york times piece this is 2023 we started really having conversations conversations about (laughs) policing and race and systemic stuff in the summer of 2014 with uh ferguson and all the Mm -hmm. stuff that happened there and the protests afterwards and then things that people noticed in the wake of that um uh fan Fantastic subhead here. Officer's race turns focus to system. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. Here's here's an idea. Wow. How about we focus on the fucking system to begin with? It's as if it's as if if you address the system, it's as if instead of 
policing whether mm. Thomas Chatterley is being uh, a, a anti-racist enough or if he's actually <laughs> holding up a mirror to you people who are in a purity spiral over here saying things that are unpopular and oftentimes deservedly so, sometimes not to 15 uh, to 80 percent of the people. Um, and he's holding that up. That's why you hate him. That's why you, you don't hate him because you think he's racist. You don't actually hate him because you think he's an Uncle Tom. You hate him because he's out there being a normal person. And being a normal person is really uncomfortable making for people who are in the uh, business of propounding, pro- professing, propounding, is that a word? Um, their luxury <laughs> belief systems. This is a, this is a, a pretty good essay that was originally written in Quillette and was updated recently by the author Rob Henderson, I believe his name is. And he talks about how once we all get to a certain level of richness, and I'm exempting Camille from here, um, there's no possibility really to show enough of your luxury goods in order to show that you're not the poors. Um, and so where do you go for? You go for kind of a luxury belief systems. And um, so and these things are actually expensive to the people who to normal people, if they truly believed that uh, we need to abolish the police police, which is a incredibly unpopular idea as Billy Binion reasons own a criminal justice uh, reporter. One of many um, uh, was pointing out just tonight on Twitter. And he's correct that defunding the police is a 6% issue <laughs> in, in America right now. So don't get mad at the people who point that out people. Mm. Um, but luxury belief systems are a way to advertise in your in-group like, no, I'm more hardcore. I believe this thing that's even more extreme on this level. And th- these kind of conversations happen within the in-group. Um, and so it's the normies who are in the middle. It gives me kind of a new insight. Maybe I'm overreacting to a piece that I thought was pretty good. And he refreshed it like this week, about 10 days ago. Um, but this kind of explains some of the fury towards the Thomas Chatterleys, towards Barry Weiss, towards the signers of the Harper's letter. I mean, I, I, I was, I was taken aback by how freaked out people were about the Harper's letter that you signed on to, Camille. Mm-hmm. And I'm less now because it, it kind of makes sense. Cause um, it has it's, nothing to do with ideas. Yeah. It's not the ideas, ideas are really basic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about super basic. It's about who the people are. It's, it's about the tribe. You know, in in the luxury belief system thing is right. I, I completely agree, but it's an updated version of Radical Chic and Mama and the Flat Catchers. Yeah, uh, the Tom Wolf two essays that were you know brought out as a thin volume. The first one is about the Leonard Bernstein party for the Black Panthers, and the other one is about in San Francisco the people who are you know in the system dealing with people that they feel that they are themselves part of the system keeping down and how, how they interact with them. Um, that's a, probably not the best version of how I would explain that essay, but that's sort of what it is. Right. And that's the thing is that, is that, you know, these people are going to say, I mean, look, think of all the big, the big ones. Start with 2014. I think is right. Ferguson is really what kicks it off. You could say Trayvon, um, that is, I, look, if we started Trayvon, even there's a complication with Trayvon is that, you know, there's an assault and somebody who is visibly Hispanic is now a white Hispanic in, yes. the, in the media accounts. It was the first time I'd ever heard I mean, that, that phrase. That was the beginning of the Black Lives Matter thing was Trayvon. That was the beginning of the Black Lives Matter thing. And there's some kind of that, a lot of that didn't make sense. It wasn't entirely clear. And, but at the end of the day, and I will say this quite, quite, you know, openly, and George Zimmerman 
is not a great guy. No. I just think that's pretty, no, he's he's a pretty, he's pretty, weird. pretty shitty guy. Right. Yeah. And I say that like, and, and people are like, well, obviously he killed Trayvon Martin. I'm saying, no, 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 I'm not even making a judgment on that because there's some, you know, was he being beat? Was he, was he actually defending himself? Was he, but I don't, that it doesn't matter. He's a piece of shit. And that's the end of the story. But there is some kind of complications in that story. There was an argument about it. Just put it that way. I'm not taking a side on it. I'm just saying this argument. But when you get to 2014, you get Michael Brown. And there is this kind of, you know, fire hose of misinformation in the proper use of the word misinformation that turns out, um, you know, Eric Holder and the Obama Justice Department clear a lot of this stuff up. The hands up, don't shoot thing is a guy who robbed a store and then tried to disarm presumably to shoot a police officer um, by reaching into his, to try to take his gun. Um, not the best example for something that's going to kick off into this big, big movement. So yeah, the Trayvon thing starts 2014. Ferguson is really where it kicks off, right? The George Floyd thing is the most cut and dry until this one case of, you know, this is by every cop that you talk to. And we, as you said, Matt, we have listeners who are cops. This is not good policing. This is not what you should do, right? And, and you know, it is complicated when you see the longer video and see somebody who says they can't breathe before they're in the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, before they're on the ground and saying like, well, this all of a sudden sounds like just something this guy's saying. So maybe there's some kind of elasticity in, in like whether or not this, you know, he should have responded Derek Chauvin. But that's neither here nor there. The thing, the thing about it is, and I'm, you know, say, let's say the jury got it right and he's in jail. I don't want to revisit that. But the thing I do want to, Mention is that as Camille said about this one, I mean, you have five black cops. The, the one with Chauvin, you have an Asian cop, you have a half black cop, and you have a white cop in, in Chauvin, right? Those are the three that I think were, were, were jailed. Um, I'm not sure about that, but I know the other two were put on trial. And um, we don't know, as what Camille said about this one, we don't know of any racism that motivated this. It was not part of the trial. It was not part of the trial. It was was not mentioned in the trial. And trust me, people do understand the Johnny Cochran of it all. And if you want to get race in a trial, it's going to get your guy off. It's going to do this. It's going to, you know, get the, the police to go, to go to jail for, you know, nine life sentences. You play that card if you have it, particularly because it's true and it should be part of the public record, but also, you know, it's not something that a judge is going to shy away from. So when you have this, it, it never comes up. And the reason it never comes up is because despite the fact that everything everybody does is put under the microscope, you do the offense archaeology, you look at everything they ever posted online, nothing came up. Nothing came up. So we have the biggest racial reckoning is about a horrible, horrible tragedy. I don't think anyone says, like, there are people that argued, like, Rodney King kind of fucking deserved it. I'm not saying that was what I said. Like, Rush Limbaugh wrote a chapter in his book that was basically said, Rodney King fucking deserved it. No one said that about Derek about 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 George Floyd. If they did, they were like the, the, you know, fringe of the fringe. They were the Nick Fuentes of the world. Um, But we don't know that there's any racial motivation there other than we have a white person and a black person, then therefore we're going to impose upon it mm-hmm. our racial narratives. And then we have this one where all the cops are black. So we have a lot of these things that are these big, big tentpole kind of cases that aren't even obviously what people say they are, mm-hmm. uh, what the loudest voices say they are, which for me always goes back to the thing is that that means we have a pretty good situation in this country. 
There was a sixth cop today <laughs> who was released. It's a horrible thing to say, but it's true. But yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that, that, I'm not saying that like this stuff is, like uh, th- this is okay. It's not okay. I mean, yeah, don't yeah. we have we have too much? We have too much violence. Period, including uh, police involved violence sure. and, and actual sure. violence. I, I think everybody agrees with that. Violence, that's, that's, but like that's, c- civilian violence, I should say. We would like less of this in general. Yeah. And this is the thing that I mean. I say this about Radley, and I can you know if he's listening to this, I can feel his skin crawling and trying to separate itself from his from his body, but. This is where, you know, I, I mean, I agree with Radley on this stuff and I'm sure that everything I said previously, he does not agree with, but this is, these are not mutually exclusive ideas that these are not great cases in a lot of ways. They're not things like, you know, the Rodney King thing is, is itself was, was kind of complicated. If you read Lou Cannon, the great um, LA times journalist, and uh, I guess Reagan biography wrote two biographies of Reagan. Um, Lou Cannon wrote a book called, uh, um, Un, what was it called? Uh, uh, un something something. Long COVID. Dormant. Yeah, it was long COVID's killing me, but it's a good book and it, it talks about all the complications. Of but, you know, it, these are not like cut and dry things where, you know, someone is yelling racial slurs and beating somebody up. Um, I mean, it's good that people don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, even if they know that that's not popular, that's a good thing to know. <laughs> that's, you know, I, I don't know what to say about it beyond the fact that, like, to say that this is, racially motivated um and it's they're harboring some sort of you know subterranean um anti-blackness which i well, guess what do you get out of that that's my point uh, i mean i i don't want to say know. that camille's fucking radicalized me about this but like where do you get like what purpose does it serve to correct thomas chatterley about Chatterton that he's insufficient Williams. i don't like it matt every time uh, you say it, it makes me it makes me laugh it makes me laugh and it makes you uncomfortable so that's two for two okay <laughs> all right well i've stood thomas up for Chatterton Williams. That's, TC- that's the best i could tcw um is that what does it get you in this TCW. case in this moment <laughs> it sounds like it, a yogurt shop <laughs> well, yeah uh it gets you f- nowhere. Yeah. We'll try like, to break it down. Break it like uh, five cops. Are, are, is one of them a black person that's racist against black people? Because it's just, it, are four not? How do we tell? Or none of that of is helpful, but the system that the New York Times sense. wants us to look at in the, in the subhead, like I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that in these moments at the very least, people are, now talking about systems. In fact, that they're, actually they're happened really. in Ferguson. I mean, they're not. They're really, not really, but they are yeah, more. They're talking about the system. They're talking about the system of white supremacy, which is everything. Comparatively, more. Camille, I would say it's the mm-hmm. air that we. I breathe. mean, <laughs> in in the uh, in the Ferguson case, there was a moment there, and Radley was crucial to that moment, as were we at the Independence. Um, in talking about the ways this is sort of post Ferguson, um, but people sort of notice how that police department was operated, which is that it shook down poor people to try to get money out of them to fund the police department. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That's bad. You should stop that. And there's a whole bunch of other like uh, s- systemic things that you can do. You can stop civil asset forfeiture um, on the local and the federal level about that. You could stop qualified immunity for cops. You, there, but it's also there, changing. All, all, all of that concern though was overshadowed by the particular concern about race. And it just, right. it and just that was, was. that and, was and the mythology, moment. the mythology of, of the Michael Brown um, situation is, is overwhelming. It is extraordinary how many people still believe like the hands up, don't shoot nonsense. Like those are the things that actually endure. It is, it is the, the pre- preposterous racecraft 
that that in, infested that entire situation and the the kind of memification of this person's death which is is which is actually that's, incredibly that's right. gross i mean you it really it's the reason why it is so hard I, I mean apart from it just being awful it's the reason why it's so difficult to actually go and and look at this footage to to even follow the preposterous maelstrom that surrounds any of these stories it 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 i could only imagine how terrible it is to have your loved one die a thousand deaths every single day you are reminded again of the loss that you suffered but the loss is no longer like this is your loved one this person is a symbol and they're a symbol of what perhaps you agree and believe in maybe but for for me, as I look at it, they're a symbol of this kind of ridiculous notion, these preposterous beliefs that that must be defended above all else, even in the face of absolutely no evidence to support the particular proposition of interest to you, that these mm. five men were motivated by some sort of internalized racism, that this particular police unit was perhaps only operating because it was destroying black life. We, I think it was just the last time we recorded where we talked about like uh, public enemy nine one one's a joke mm-hmm. in your town. Like, yeah, the concern yeah, yeah. is that the police don't come when you call. Yeah, exactly. Now they show up. They got a special task yeah. force unit for you. Yeah, the concern before you, did, is did like, oh no, the over incarceration. The, the, like they were concerned at one point about crack being too much in their communities. They wanted. They wanted, yes. they defended the idea of there being this disproportionate punishment for people who did things, bad things in black communities. Like there were, there were mm-hmm. leaders of the Congressional Black Caucus who defended that kind of thing. Is that systemic racism? It's, it's a preposterous note. And tonight I asked Radley, if, if, if we were to strip away all of the laws in the country, every single one, and the only thing that we prohibited was murder, that's it, it would still be the case that there would be more black people prosecuted relative to their share of the population than white people. Would that be racism? If the only crime in the country was black was, um, was murder, murder and black people happen to be prosecuted more than white people because they happen to perpetrate more of those crimes and subsequently to be more often victimized. Cause it seems to me that it would actually be worse not to lock up more people and to effectively make it de facto mm. less bad to murder black people. The, 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 the notion mm. of systemic racism strikes me as somewhat absurd and at a minimum somewhat circular and tautological. And perhaps there is something interesting to be said for it. It is not the case that every single racial disparity ought to be ignored. But it's also not the case that every racial disparity is evidence, proof positive of some white supremacist system. And it is particularly galling to see people who – are are outraged by suggestions that particular cultural phenomena can can like have some impact on the society more broadly that hip hop for example might be a bad influence um that there might be this uh, as the Moynihan report stated a culture of poverty that contributes to bad outcomes for particular people those are cultural arguments the white supremacy argument is also a cultural argument they yep. they want to have it one way the only mm-hmm. cultural argument they'll tolerate is the argument about white supremacy. And it is a magical, sweeping cultural argument that doesn't just infect people, it infects institutions and transforms their minds. Um, the only kind of power they believe in is white power, which is ironic and distressing and gross. <laughs> like, it's I mean, gross. I mean, imagine and also again, overshadows what it does. all the important conversations we should be having now. 
It's just preposterous. Imagine what it does to every sort of argument. I understand that when you deploy it in a situation like this, you're saying that somebody who is empowered by the state with a monopoly on force, um, they will use that white supremacy that is all around them and is infecting the groundwater. But what can you make that argument then? If it is so powerful that it can't even actually be identified, we can't actually, you know, see it. We can see, you know, it's AIDS and HIV. We can see the, the, you know, the, the, we can't see the bigger disease, right? But we can see its manifestation. But if that is the case, imagine what that opens the door to. Every crime that's committed, everything that one does, you can say that, well, if I was in the police force, yeah, I'd be beating the shit out of people because I've been granted this power and I'm also marinating in this culture mm. and it's just taken over my body and I can't help myself. Mm -hmm. I have no agency whatsoever. Well, I have enough agency to go to prison. So they wanted to go to prison because he can make a decision to do that and he shouldn't have made that decision, despite the fact that that decision was actually made for him by white supremacy. But, you know, imagine <laughs> defendants making this argument for I mean, but But they have. But they have. I, 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 know. I mean, it's the twinkie. It's, it's the racial twinkie defense. Yeah, they they have, and we've actually seen we've seen circumstances where where this is this has come up in court. Um, you yeah. know how frequently? Not frequently. Could it happen more frequently? I mean, shouldn't it? Sh it doesn't it just stand to reason that black people simply shouldn't be punished as harshly when they commit the same crimes as their white counterparts because they're not really as guilty. <laughs> they're not fully human. Yeah. You can't expect if you these, ask the you people that are better going, of these people. It's grotesque. Yeah, if you ask the ask the people that are debating, and I use that word with a lot of latitude, the reparations uh, idea in San Francisco. If you ask them that same thing that you just said, Camille, should there be lesser punishments based on race? Yeah, they would say yes. Yes, of course. I guarantee. I guarantee you. And I could try it. I can call them. I can email them. But the the uh, the voguishness for racial apartheid. Mm. is really getting on my nerves. And it's really depressing me more than anything. It's like, I don't believe that these people are, I mean, they're glass jaws. They're very easy to debate because they're not very bright. Well, they don't and, and it's, do it though. That's why they, they don't, don't do They also don't debate. <laughs> don't, don't. They also don't debate. That's true. But you have this thing where, where you know, it, it allows everybody to get involved in the debate. They're hitting a baseball off a tee now. They're not mm -hmm. facing pitching, right? So, because the easiest thing now is to say, like, uh, well, the average person sitting next to you, and by the way, I, I told you about one dinner that I had in which this came up, and it was like, I couldn't believe it. And when I pushed back, they literally had no idea what I was talking about. Because it's a series of <laughs> commandments that were handed to them on a tablet yes. in 2020, and it allows everybody to be involved. And it actually allows them to feel smart, because this is the thing that people don't understand about college students when they get into Chomsky. They love to bring it up at Thanksgiving. That's why there's this whole Thanksgiving trope, right? This stupid thing that everyone writes every year, argue with your Fox News uncle on Thanksgiving, like, please stop giving us those fucking stupid articles. But like, that thing is like, you get to go home to your parents when you're 19 and 20 and be like, I, I know the real fucking truth. And there's a lot of the, I know the real truth in this. When people are like, you don't even actually, you're so stupid. You think that, you know, because they're black, that that actually um, doesn't matter or, or, or matters, sorry, to say that, you know, they can't possibly be racist. You don't understand the deep, subterranean stuff that I understand. And that is just wild. And I'll give you an example of this and the apartheid thing that's driving me nuts. We've seen so many examples, but one this week, we had a letter writer, correspondent, email writer from Saskatoon. 
in Canada, there's a bit of an uproar. A state-funded theater mm-hmm. is having two nights and two successive weeks in which only black people are allowed into the theater. It's a blackout. I, it's apartheid. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's against the law in this country. I presume it pro- it'd be against the law in, in, in they Canada, may fix that. too. They may fix that. Well, they end up being like, you know, I remember a long time ago seeing Rachel Maddow playing a clip of Rand Paul from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially him saying, you know, I would have opposed uh, the Civil Rights Act because, you know, people who own, you know, Woolworths or something should be parts, <clears throat> parts yeah, of the Civil Rights yeah, Act. Yeah, parts which of the Civil he Rights. then went on MSNBC to say, I don't longer think that, by the way. Yes. Yeah, but I think, but, I think he so, reversed but, himself incorrectly. Is my own perspective. But so, but so, yeah. <laughs> but so <laughs> that kind of argument that was going on, you know, maybe 10 years ago, um, is exactly what people like this want when you say that this type of racial apartheid against the law. They're like, well, no, no, I own my own, this is a private business. We want to slay white supremacy and we only want, uh, black people in the theater. We don't want white people in the theater. We want to keep them out. You've just Rand Paul'd yourself, old Rand Paul. I guess he, mm-hmm. he said he didn't believe it. Anymore. But that was so offensive to people that it was, you know, brought up by Rachel Maddow and, you know, thundered against. And, you know, I happen to agree. I disagree with you on this, Camille, but I happen to agree with the idea that that's a bad thing. But, you know, I didn't if, say it's not if, bad. I didn't say it's not bad. Yeah, yes. I, I'm yeah. fine with the state having, having license over that. Yeah. But it, 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 this is what people desire now. And this has happened. I remember that uh, uh, Stephen Miller, not the, not the um, Trump Stephen Miller, but uh, with mm-hmm. the Red, Red Steez. Yeah. yeah, who's a very funny guy, by the way. I just I admit that he's his Twitter makes me laugh quite a bit. But he did thing like, and everyone like piled on him like he was Thomas Chatterton Williams about like I'm going to go to this film showing in New York that was like women only, and I was going to was like I'm going to file a lawsuit of discrimination discrimination law. It was something like that. But yeah. this stuff happens a lot now, and it's all part of this idea of what Camille. Uh, correctly <laughs> calls race essentialism. Yeah, it, I would. I would happily destroy us. I would happily show up at a at a white only film screening um, just to make trouble. And I wish people would do that at this black only film screening to get turned. We, 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 we know of new methods of attack. All right, that's all you get. <laughs> that's all you get. Forty what? Forty nine? Fifty minutes? You want more for nothing? God, we've been giving you stuff for nothing for six years. Uh, go over and subscribe. It would be great. And I'll uh, personally uh, send you an email saying thank you. Because uh, I know that that's something you desperately want. But uh, if you want me to bother you and you want great content, go over and sign up. We the fifth.substack.com. We will see you in a couple days on the free feed and uh, see you next week for the uh, juicier, better content behind the paywall.